Welcome to this New Birth Gospel Tabernacle podcast. This podcast features a message from the sanctuary in Cunningham Estate, Kayon, St. Kitts. Join us now for a message in the series from Brother Dexter Ford. We need to humble ourselves in God's presence and we need to die daily. Because if we don't die daily, we are going to be carnally minded. The word convict in, uh, in Greek, it is elonkos, which, which means cross-examination. It does not mean condemn. It means cross-examination. To convince someone of the, the truth or to reprove means to correct them. To cross-examine a weakness. The Holy Spirit acts as a prosecuting attorney who exposes evil. He, he reproves evildoers and he convinces people that they need the Savior. So many times in church, you may feel compelled to speak to someone or encourage them to, to be saved. But you have to understand at the end of the day, it is not your duty to convict them. It is, the, it is the duty of the Holy Spirit to convict people. People are drawn to God because of the Holy Spirit and the, the conviction power of the Holy Spirit. It is not us that draw, pe- draw people to God. It is the Holy Spirit that draws people to God. And so, yes, we could encourage people. We could enlighten them. We could edify them about who God is. And why they need a savior. But at the end of the day, it is up to the Holy Spirit to convict people. So we are going to look at the difference now between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation separates us from God. And it destroys our personal relationship with God. Conviction, on the other hand, brings us closer to God. And it builds our personal relationship with God. Condemnation comes from Satan, the accuser. And also ourselves, if we let let flesh control us. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. Condemnation leads us to sadness. Condemnation leads us to despair. Condemnation leads us to guilt. But conviction leads us to joy. Conviction leads us to liberty in the spirit. Conviction leads us to repentance. And when we speak about repentance, it is not being self, it's not always thinking about being sorrowful and asking, begging God for mercy. No, it's changing your mind. It is a change in your mind. Because we could always be, we could always be sorrowful and begging and pleading to God, but we are not changing. And so that's why it is important. Whenever we speak about repentance, we have to remember it is a change in our attitude, change in our mind, change in our lifestyle also. Condemnation leads us to darkness. Condemnation leads us to sin. It shows sin. Condemnation leads us to rebel against God. Condemnation leads us to spiritual death. But conviction, on the other hand, it leads us to light. Conviction exposes sin. Conviction exposes evildoers. Conviction leads us to obey God. 
to stand in obedience and right standing with God. This is what conviction does. Conviction, the last and most important thing. Conviction leads us to life and peace within Christ Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10 and 11, verse 10 to 11, he said, Now I rejoice, not that ye were made sorry, but that ye sorrowed to repentance. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner, that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, but to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. So, as we see here, both condemnation and conviction could bring us to a place of being sorrowful. But it says, Godly sorrows worketh repentance to salvation. So I could, I, I could stand here today and say, I, I went through this process already. Where sometimes the word was preached up here. And I know I'm doing something wrong. And the word, because it's so sharp, it hit me. And it cut me. And I feel it. And I felt sorrowful. And I had to change my ways. I had to repent. I had to change my mind. But the other way to this is that you, could, uh, you, 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 you can hear the word. And it makes you feel sorrowful. It makes you feel guilty. And you condemn yourself. As Copastor said last week, she, she used two persons from the Bible. She said Peter and Judas. Peter, he denied God three times. And he, he felt sorrowful because this is what um, Jesus already predicted it. He already prophesied that Peter would, would deny him twice. And it came to pass. And Peter, because you know, it is even harder when someone already prophesied it and it came to pass. And you will say, no, no. When Jesus told him, he will say, no, could never happen. And it happened. But Peter, he did not stay, he did not remain in his sorrows. He went and he repented. But Judas, on the other hand, because of a certain money problem, <laughs> because of a certain money problem, <laughs> as Abel say, filthy lucre, and the Bible say, filthy lucre, well, Judas took offense. And so, when we, we take offense of certain things, Satan creeps in. And when Satan creeps in, Satan takes over. And so Judas now, he betrayed Jesus. Kissed him on his cheek. And he sell him out. Just as I was just for a little change. 
And after he did this, he noticed where he went wrong. He noticed where he went wrong. And so, he didn't repent and he was living, he was condemning himself. He was in imprisonment. I, I, I showed that Judas was depressed days upon days. And you know what is the next thing to, to, to depression? Suicide. And that's what Judas did. <laughs> Judas killed himself, hung himself. <laughs> John 10 and verse 10 say, The thief come not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Godly sorrows leads to repentance. Godly sorrows leads to repentance. When some, someone reproves you in the church, and you know it is the truth, you pray to the Holy Spirit and ask him to change you. You repent. You change your mind. You, 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 you change your attitude. And you come back a different man. You improve. If I didn't do, the, if I didn't do that, I would have done sending a resignation letter and I would have left the church. All because of condemnation. Many times people leave the churches because of condemnation, not conviction. And that's why we have to be so careful. I, I, I could explain because I've been to things and many people, many people leave the church because of condemnation and they feel like they're so right. And when they go by other church, they get a slap in their face and they come back. Sometimes you have to be so patient. You have to be so patient. You don't want to be like a grasshopper. Bouncing from here to there. <laughs> See, the Holy Spirit is a teacher. The Holy Spirit is a guide. He's not an accuser. And he's not someone that is going to condemn you. So when you're feeling condemned, it is not of the Holy Spirit. It is not of the Holy Spirit. It is of the devil. It is of our accuser. When the Holy Spirit comes, I mean, the Holy Spirit convicts people of their sins. He, he represents the righteous judgment of God. The Holy Spirit does not only convict people of their sins, but he leads them to repentance. The Holy Spirit brings to light our relationship with God. So if you can't distinguish if somebody is a Christian from a sinner, something wrong. Because the Holy Spirit brings to light that relationship. If the Holy Spirit abides within you, that means people are supposed to be able to see you as an as a example. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good work and glorify the Father which is in heaven. And so... Even when, when, when we say glorify the Father which is in heaven, it is not of us. We have to always remember that we are just vessels. It is not nothing that we have done, but it's of God. The glory is always to God. The glory does not stay in our vessel. It goes up because it's not about us. That's why we say glory be to The convicting power of the Holy Spirit opens our eyes. Yes, it opens our eyes. My eyes are open. Thank God to the Holy Spirit. 
it opens our hearts to, to his grace also. See, we praise God for conviction. Because if there was no conviction, we, 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 have no, we would have no access to salvation. Because if we are not convicted of nothing, that means we could live anyhow we want, do what we want, and nobody telling us nothing. And many times we, we say we are, we, 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 we the, 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 the law of sin and death has no effect on us. But let me tell you, there's a law in the spirit. So the, the same commandments that God gave to Moses, we are, we, we are fulfilling them through Christ Jesus and not in ourselves. So, yes, there's a law in the spirit. So we can live our life like how we want it. The importance of conviction. Without conviction, there will be no salvation. No one is saved apart from the Spirit's convicting and regenerating work in the heart. So we need, we need the conviction. If we are not convicted, <laughs> let us turn to Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, 6 to 10. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily, for a few days, chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. So I like the part um, in verse 6 we say, for whom the Lord love, loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he received. So he rebuked them and he sometimes gave them a legal whipping. I can remember a time in primary school. One of my good friends, she gave me a pair of shoes to carry home. I love to see the pair of shoes. And... I sneaked them to the, into my mother's house. And a couple of days went by. And my mother was cleaning the house. And she swept under the chair. And out came the shoes that I had. Yeah. And then she went to ask my nephew. Who do, who do those shoes belong to? He said, general, because you know, my nephew ain't going to tell no lie for me. Because I, I, I was always responsible for provoking my nephew. So he, he, he ain't holding me back in this situation. So when I came from school a day, oh my gosh, I could remember it. The belt already on the preparation table. And it was, mommy was outside, you know, outside the house waiting on me. And there was our neighbor who is, who is Zumbai, had a mechanic shop by his house. 
And a lot of people there, you know. A lot of people there. When I reach home, mother grabbed me. She didn't even ask me no question. And she washed me out. Washed me out in front of everybody. Neighbors coming out to see me get licks and all. And I, I, I was so embarrassed. That I went to school the, the next day after, right? The, the, the day after. And my neighbor don't went to school and tell everybody I get licks in the, in the middle of the road, you know? So everybody in school now laughing at me, you know? But you know what that did to me? I never once took nothing from anybody and, and, and hide it in my mother's house again. That is the importance of those lashes. We are living in an era where, you know, we don't believe in beating children. And that's why we have so much rude children. Let me tell you the importance of whipping and rebuking. In the kingdom of God, right? There's something called obedience and order. If you ain't getting no licks and you ain't getting no rebuke, you're going to do what you want. That is why it is needed. In order to, to come into order with the Holy Spirit, in order to come into order with God's will, he has to rebuke you. Because if you, you are abiding in flesh and everything you, you, you do is according to the flesh and not of the Spirit, he has to pull you up sometimes. And this is why when, when we are rebuked and when we are scourged, it is important for us to repent and not be, um, become, become offended. It is, it is better for us to improve, to change our attitudes and repent. This is why it is needed. This is why we, are, we, we, are, we need discipline. This is why the Holy Spirit rebukes us, it enlightens us, and it teaches us. It, so it not only rebukes us, but it teaches us after it, convicted, it, it convicts us. And this is what we need to understand, that the Holy Spirit is not going to condemn you, but it, it is like a parent and a, a good parent, because they have bad parents. Eh? A good parent will nurture you, correct you, teach you. But a bad parent will, will abuse you, condemn you, ridicule you, provoke you, and leave you to yourself. But this is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, we could say, is in the form of a good parent. Convicts us, corrects us, and it teaches us where to go, what to do, the pros and the cons, and we go from there. And so, the last thing I want to say today is from conviction is repentance to salvation, then grace, then victory. So if you are living a defeated life because of condemnation, it is not of God and that is not God's plan for you. God is a forgiving God. God is a faithful God. And so it's from conviction to repentance to salvation grace and then victory Satan has already been cast down when God died on the cross for us and all the written ordinance all the things that people wrote that was from our past God substituted for us he nailed him to the cross and now we are standing here 
not in ourselves, but in, the, 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 in, in Christ Jesus. And we, we are living and we are dwelling in Christ Jesus. And this morning, I just want to thank God for this opportunity again. You have been listening to a portion of a message from the New Birth Gospel Tabernacle in St. Kitts. Thank you for listening. Do have a blessed day.